Hey, everybody, Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. To you, the listener, I want you to know that I appreciate you and I'm thrilled to have you here for another episode. If there's ever anything that I can do to support you, please reach out. That being said, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search for Lori Hybe. Simply click the follow button as I post daily information about marketing strategy, tips, all podcast episodes, and upcoming events. If you'd like to connect, make sure to send a note with your connection request that references Social Capital. I can't wait to hear from you. Social Capital Podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency that believes in order to successfully market to your ideal customer, you have to first understand that customer. Learn more at keystoneclick.com. Today's guest is Bob Weiss. Bob is an experienced technology leader with over 20 years of expertise in executive roles. He is currently the founder and CEO of Notify Corporation, a SaaS-based work ex execution platform. He has held senior leadership positions as a president or divisional executive of several cloud-based SaaS companies, including Intercall, West Corporation, and freeconferencecall.com. In each of these roles, he oversaw sales, marketing, product, and operations teams, and endeavoring to standardize workflows and improve decision-making with data. This experience has led him to seek out industries in demand of digital work execution, process management, and collaboration platforms. He spent a year compiling hands-on market research in manufacturing to, de to develop Notify. He currently sits on the Software Technology Council of the Fabricators and Manufacturers Association and the Emerging Technology Council of the Natural Systems Contractors Association. He holds a Bachelor's in Business and Managerial Economics from the Kelly School of Business at Indiana University and a JD from Loy Loyola University, Chicago School of Law. Wow, Bob, welcome to the show. What, what a, um, a bio there. Quite impressive. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. <laughs> Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, wow, there's there's definitely lots that we can talk about today, but we're going to dive right in. Uh, with an aging workforce, baby boomers retiring and hiring being such an issue today, especially in, in industries like manufacturing, warehousing, distribution, how can technology help with all of that? Well, it's a, it's a great question. I mean, you know, we, as I say, as you said, you know, I've spent a, a lot of time really looking at, you know, all different areas of the labor force and work workflow and process management. And we've had the opportunity to speak to so many people in manufacturing and other areas of the supply chain and, and found, I mean, obviously, you know, there's been difficulty in hiring, especially now with, um, you know, post post well post COVID or while we're sort of toward the tail end, but at, at this time period now, it's been so hard for manufacturers to get frontline workers, and hiring young for workers is, is you know to make it attractive in manufacturing has been very difficult. And you know, as you probably know, I mean, there's so many different factors that go into maintaining and hiring uh, people, but you have to really show them that you've created an environment where people and technology are really balanced. And so they can see that they can safely and effectively perform their job and be, you know, and, and, and be a differentiator in the company. We you know the technology in general and the technology that we've developed 
can make workers more accountable, which, which by all studies is what they want. They can make them more efficient, productive, and safer. And, you know, people have, you know, listen, we know that people have good days, people have bad days. You can't rely on them to remember everything, retain information on a stressful day, or execute their work without, you know, having information and the accessibility to information at their fingertips. And so technology, we don't really want to develop technology, even though some technologies do, we don't, uh, to replace paper people, but it really needs to enable them to be able to increase their performance and increase the company's performance. Um, you know, additionally, technology, you know, helps maintain data um, that they didn't have before. So workers are, can, you know, input data into technology, transfer that data to other people. So as people leave, that data can be shared and not it doesn't walk out the door as people uh, as people are leaving the workforce. Yeah, that's really um, interesting information. So the data shows that people getting hired are being done so at around ten percent more than just a year ago. Where can technology help companies and people be more productive? Well, it, you know, it, 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 technology can really help tremendously about people being more productive and can really help um, the companies understand their data so they can understand the labor efficiency, the actual labor, labor efficiency of their workforce. So they can continue to, um, you know, sort of move the ball forward into what their expectations are. You know, when you look at a lot of what happens on, on, on the floor of manufacturing or other areas of the supply chain, oftentimes, you know, you're going to see a little chaos, right? I mean, you're going to see people running around, you know, looking for paper, looking for manuals, waiting for somebody to um, to answer a question to help. I mean, there there are some been some studies out there where people spend you know over five hours a week waiting for assistance, and you know, two thirds of the time that can take you know a, a lot more time. I mean, as I sort of said before, I mean, technology can put that information those videos that might people might want to access those manuals at their fingertips and really help them to you know to, to get that information while they're doing the job it also can help with more on the job on the job training mm -hmm. and so gives them the ability to access that information um, while they're working and while they're you know sort of trying to sort of the, in that in that area where they're training and working at, at at the same time. So it helps them be much more productive faster. It ramps them up faster and providing them that data really, uh, really can help you really onboard your talent um, much, much quicker. Yeah, I can definitely see it. Not only just the onboarding, but the uh, doing the job, you know, there's some right. tasks that, you know, you don't necessarily do them every single day and you may, you know, get stuck on something that should be minor and simple to do, but it, as you said, prolongs the process to get the job done because you're, you're just missing that little nugget of information that's going to make it move forward. So um, I, I just experienced that yesterday in my team where one of my team members asked me to help troubles, troubleshoot something. It was that she was experiencing in an Excel document. And it took me five minutes to show her what to do, but she told me she was 
banging our head on this for three months. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't you ask me three months ago? Right. But, um, you know, she, she did her due diligence to try to solve the problem. Um, but, you know, having that little nugget of information easily accessible, um, besides me being the bottleneck of availability to her, um, could have solved a lot of problems. <laughs> right. Exactly. Um, are the companies in these industries being successful at leveraging um, that data-driven approach? Yeah, I mean, you, you can imagine in, in the world that we live in today how important that is, how important it is for companies to, you know, fully understand their data. And there are still a tremendous amount of technology that these companies are using that don't doesn't give them all the data that they actually need. So I, I would say overall, it's definitely getting better. Um, the bigger organizations, as I said, have lots of systems, but still many of those systems don't provide all the data that, you know, about what, about their people, what their people are doing, how long are their people taking on specific jobs or all the, or all the tasks or processes related to those jobs. What happens in between? Did they have to access data? Did they have to um, message out to somebody? I, I think some of the other issues that are hurting um, is, is, you know, is that, you know, if you take in manufacturing, 90% of these companies in the manufacturing are under 100 employees. And they're all having issues hiring. They're all busy. It's tough to get these decision makers to the table to hear a technology story. Um, you know, so, you know, sure. especially when they, you know, a lot of, you know, they say, you know, they they have old technology and they say, or pay, well, I'm saying they have old technology or paper-based systems. And in their mind right now with how busy they are and how stressed they are, you know, it's good enough. So the biggest competition that we face is not so much the other technology companies. It's really stagnation and doing nothing. And so there's this perception out there that, you know, technology is expensive, has long deployment times and difficult for employees to embrace. And we're really trying to change that because that's not that's not necessarily true and not true in, in all cases. And so getting technology that is much easier for people to use and faster deployment and budget friendly is really important, especially for these smaller organizations if they want to get more data driven. Yeah. To totally makes sense, but I, I totally understand what you're saying too. It's um, there's a, a lot of uh, challenges, especially in the manufacturing space, embracing any sort of digital transformation and really leveraging technology to to create efficiencies in in all aspects of their business. Right. Exactly. All right, Bob. This is a good time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor. Okay. Bob, the purpose of my show is to help um, make networking less scary, less fearful um, for individuals. So I'm hoping you can help remove some of those fears for our listeners. Can you 
share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, I'd love to, I'd love to say it was, uh, you know, everyone would love to say it involved maybe a famous person or something, but it, it does, that's obviously not always the case. I mean, for me, um, probably the most important networking event of my life is, you know, I was at a, I was at a networking event. I can't remember the exact event that it was. I remember where it was in, in Chicago. Um, but I met a random person there, right? I mean, I was working, I was looking to make some changes in my career. And I met a random person there at the event who was in the uh, telecom space, uh, more like telecom and conferencing. Conferencing that day was, those days were very different where you just, you know, dialed a toll-free number and an operator connected everybody together. But, you know, she knew a person, you know, somebody who was running a conferencing company, you know, about a $30 million company at that time. And they had, you know, started and were looking for someone with sort of an entrepreneurial spirit to start a a separate brand for them. And they wanted somebody who had no telecom experience, no preconceived notions in that space. And, you know, I met with the president, we had a really good meeting and things went well. And I ended up having a 20 year career there. And uh, with, you know, not only a fantastic career, but met so many people made a lot of friends, and just have great memories of, of, of that, of that company and, and the history of that company as I started from a very low man there to one of the top executives of that company and had an opportunity to run a lot of other software and technology companies for that company as we continued to grow and became the largest company in that space when I left. I, I love that. Um, that's a fantastic story to share that you, you didn't know who you were going to meet and the outcome of that just was um, fan- fantastic. So um you know, regardless of the size of your network and the community that you've created, it's extremely important to continue to nurture those relations. So how do you stay in front of and best nurture your network? You know, it, 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 it is tough and, and, but it, but it's so important. I mean, honestly, Lori, I'm such an, I'm such an advocate of, of networking and, you know, I, uh, I, I do it through, you know, through emails now a lot. I do it through, um, through LinkedIn a lot now. I will reach out to people that I haven't uh, talked to in a while. and Maybe I don't have their current email address, but they're on my, in my LinkedIn network. So I spend a lot of time in my LinkedIn network looking at, you know, people, people inside there. You know, in, even now with some of the marketing and some of the things that we do with my company, you know, we'll, um, will put out content and, and, you know, and other people will put out content and I will like, you know, their content and comment on their content. And I make sure that my content goes out to, you know, to my network and stuff. And so, you know, a lot of it is done through, through LinkedIn and other means, but I, I really do allocate some time each, I'd like to say each day, but that's, that would be, I don't, but each week for sure, a number of hours each week. And I definitely reach out to people, especially over LinkedIn that maybe I haven't talked to in a while and just catching up with them. And so it's very important. I love that. I love that you're intentional about the time um, to, to stay in front of the people that you, that you want to stay in front of. Here's a fun one, Bob, if you could go back to your 20 year old self, 
what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? Well, again, you're, you're, you're talking a lot about networking and, and you're, and you just said that you're, that it's good that I am intentional, but I wasn't always that way. And when I was my 20 year old self, I wasn't that way. And I, and I would probably, I would definitely, I'm sure there's a number of things, but in terms of, especially in terms of networking, I would tell my 20 year old self to, you know, get off your butt and do it and make it much more of a priority. And I think that's one of the things, especially today when the younger people are less, again, back when I was 20, you had to go out and meet people, right? You couldn't sit behind a computer screen and do a lot of the networking online. And so I I think that that in front networking is still so important, uh, but networking in general, I just wish I would have done more of it back then. And that's what I would have told myself to just make it much more of a priority than I did back then. And I've tried to tell all the younger people that I work with, come in contact with my own kids who are 20 in, the, in their 20s and starting their jobs to make it a priority. I've really tried to tell them, do as I say, not as I did when I was your age. <laughs> no, that, that's great. I think um, hopefully a lot of um, people that are 20 years old now listening, take that little nugget of gold and put it in their pocket and, and really act on that. Um, Bob, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. So what is something that you'd like to ask me? Well, so what, what are some of the, what are some of the, the better, the better stories that you've come kind of, you know, come in contact with for people from people's networking experiences? Oh man, there's so many amazing stories. (laughs) How do I pick just one? I mean, your, your episode number, like 350 something. So (laughs) well, 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 if you don't, yeah, I mean, if you can't pick one, I could come up with a different one. Um, you know, a lot of lot, the ones that are my favorite, how about I'll just do this. The ones that are my favorite are the ones, um, kind of what, what you were speaking to, but someone, you know, wasn't necessarily had any specific intention or, or goal, um, with meeting a certain person. And it was just like random, you know, they, they ended up sitting next to someone and started a conversation, you know, they weren't there for that purpose at all. Um, and then, you know, they look in, you know, look 10 years forward and, and, and today, and it's like, this person put me on my career path or gave me, you know, the, the best job opportunity or, introduced me to my first multi-million dollar client, you know, something like that. Like right. the, the having that um that story where they weren't in like specifically going after or trying to get in front of someone, it just randomly occurred and you know formed uh an authentic relationship that turned out to be an extremely successful, which, you know, they didn't even know at the time that that was going to happen. It's just reflecting back and looking and saying, wow, I just randomly met that person. And because of them, this is where I am today. Right. I love those stories. Exactly. Yeah. I think that that shows them. And I think that in how I feel is what I tell people is, you know, people want to help. 
I mean, mm-hmm. I've tried to explain that to, you know, I've, not everybody feels that way, but I feel that way. I think in general, people are very willing to help. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And I don't think people take advantage of that. They I mean, yeah. they, I, I, don't, I don't like the word take advantage of. I don't think um, a lot of I, myself, I'll just talk about my own experience. I struggled significantly with asking for help and, and just assume that as a small business owner, I have to do and figure out everything on my own. Um, I've learned it's the complete opposite now. And I've had some amazing conversations with complete strangers just because, you know, they, they, they shared one experience on a social media site. And I said, Oh, I'm really interested in learning more about that. Can we get on a call and talk? And then I asked them questions and they just tell me everything (laughs) without any expectation of getting anything in return. And, you know, maybe I stay in touch with them and and maybe that was just a one and done conversation, but yeah, I mean, I've done that for numerous people too. And I I love that. Um, So many amazing people with tons of knowledge that are willing to share it. Absolutely. That's what I try to explain to the young people. And I think a lot of them, don't realize it and as you said it's it's not about taking it's it take advantage it's just it's just that you know really you know being able to ask for the help and not realizing that you know people are very willing to to be helpful and um i think it's important to know that so bob what's a final word or advice you'd offer our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network um you know, I mean, first of all, I, I mean, we, we, I think you and I just maybe talked about it a little bit, right? I mean, it, it is, you know, it, it is, it is realizing that people do want to help. So if you can convince yourself that that is true and you realize that, um, it's, you know, it's kind of like the, you know, the old, is it the old Nike slogan, the current words, just do it, right? Yep, I mean, yep. you have to do it. And, and I just, I, I can't I can't stress it enough how how important it is and 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 the benefits that somebody could could achieve uh, from it and and so uh, listen I realize that at least today now things are starting to change and there's more live events starting to happen but still um, there are fewer live events than pre COVID and and so certain things are going to be done digitally and you know LinkedIn and Certainly, the other platforms are, um, are are very valuable tools to use, and so use them. Right? I mean, spend some time, allocate some time. Whether it's put it in your calendar, thirty minutes a day, certain number of hours each week. I mean, put it in your calendar to spend time nurturing your network on LinkedIn, looking at the people in your network or other people's network that are, that maybe they're connected to that you might be able to tap into for advice or introductions that are going to help you in, in, in your personal life or career. I love that. Wow. That's fantastic advice. And I, I hope our listeners take that to heart. If anyone is interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best sure. way that they can reach you? Um, e- email's probably best. It's, it's at bwise, B-W-I-S-E, at notify, N-O-T-I-P-H-Y dot I-O. All right. We will include that information 
in our show notes. Thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show today. Thank you, Lori. I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. Thanks. Absolutely. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Bob for taking the time to connect with us. As mentioned before, let's connect on LinkedIn. I'm looking forward to hearing from you shortly. And if you did enjoy today's show, um, I'm going to encourage you to reach out and connect with someone. Reconnect with someone from your past or find someone new that you'd like to connect with. That's what it's all about. Go and build those relationships.